Welcome to the 287th episode of the Jamie Delaney Plant-Based Wellness Podcast. My name is Jamie Delaney and I'm your host. I'm a plant-based cardiologist and endurance athlete living in Southwest Florida. Welcome and again, happy, happy new year. Well, um, what's any podcast without a COVID update? Um, I am back to running. I did five miles today. I feel completely healed from COVID. Um, the only thing I might still have hanging on a little bit is uh, my heart rate's probably a little higher than it was uh, before COVID when I'm running, mostly because, you know, I had about 10 days off uh, without any running. So I, I think that's really what it is. Um, paces feel pretty good. Uh, one of the biggest symptoms I had or the most... Um, aggravating symptoms I had with COVID was um, meningitis type back discomfort, um, some radicular type pain, so bending your neck, pain down your legs, um, spasms in the hip flexors in the low back. Sounds worse than it probably really was, but, um, you know, I think that getting back to running, um, it's just like getting back to running after a back injury. It took a little bit to kind of get loosened up and so I'm back to, you know, doing some stretching and um, getting all that back to where it was. Um, it's very interesting. You know, I've been running for a lot of years. I'm sitting here in my office looking at my first marathon poster from Rome in 2001. And I've tried to stay pretty much close to half marathon, if not marathon shape since that time so and, and I love running it's my favorite of, of triathlons and even the swim run running still my favorite um, I tend to be healthiest if I'm doing more than one sport but I still like running the best it clears my head the best uh, I just enjoy it I enjoy it if I'm listening to something or if I'm not listening to something I enjoy it with the dogs I enjoy it if I'm fast I'm slow I just like running but after taking 10 days off. I'm not sure exactly how many days. I started walking a little bit, probably sooner than that. I got out of the mode. I, um, you know, we had a little bit of a, you know, we have a, a 50 mile event scheduled February the 13th, which is probably not going to happen. Not sure what distance is going to happen if we even go, if they even have it. And I guess that, you know, it kind of turned off for me the um, the pressure for training a little bit with that 10-day off. It's kind of like play it by ear. So if you're going to play it by ear, well, does it really matter? And, and so, you know, I, I had to actually kind of catch myself and refocus that, okay, training still does count. There's going to be a marathon in March. There's going to be a 50K in April. So even though this 50 miler might not take place. I still need to keep my training up and my heart rate is a little higher. So I've got to get both my cardiovascular system and my muscular system in gear. Um, I got to get back at it. Um, the other things that I quit doing when I was on the couch was I quit stretching other than to get up and try to get some of these muscle spasms to release. Um, I, but I quit doing a lot of uh, actually released kind of work with a ball kind of hurt a little bit. So I didn't do that much. Strength training kind of went down the tubes, you know, the squats went down the tube, the lunges went down the tube, and I just quit doing all that stuff when I was not feeling very well. So now I have to make a conscious effort to, to restart all those things. And one thing that I look at, I upload to Strava, but I never really go on Strava, and I have my Garmin Connect account, and I look on it, but I don't go back in time. But one thing I do look at is my daily calendar, and I keep a calendar in my bathroom 
Uh, it's just a regular old calendar that I write what I did every day. You know, I ran five miles, I did weights, you know, I went swimming, I biked or whatever. And every day of the month, every day of the year, I write something in a square. If I don't do anything, it's a big fat zero or I'm vacationing or I usually write vacationing or travel. That's usually a reason for not doing something. But I, I keep those squares. Uh, I'm very conscious of, of I want those squares to be kept uh, something, something in them, even if it's walking, if I'm injured. So I, I, you know, I really, and I've talked about it before on the podcast. I, I think for me, you know, getting my calendar and the other thing that happened was I didn't get a calendar for, usually I get a calendar for Christmas from my nurse and I, I didn't get one this year. I got a different present. And, uh, so I had to go get my own calendar and I actually mailed it to the wrong place. Um, so I didn't get my calendar right away. And I know, yes, you could have picked up one in the grocery store, but I had one I ordered nevertheless. So I didn't have my calendar right away, so I wasn't writing anything down. So that actually distracted me as well. It's like, well, I don't have a calendar to write down. I don't see the empty holes. And, you know, it goes on and on and on. So it kind of hit me this morning that if you actually, you know, if you didn't keep a calendar and you didn't do anything on a regular basis, or maybe you do something two or three times a week and you get out of it, it's really easy to fall out of habit. It's really easy to fall out of habit for your exercise program. You know, you travel a little bit, you get off routine, you get sick, you change locations. Next thing you know, you're not doing it at all. And it's, it's really easy to get into the mode of doing either nothing at all or the bare minimum or something like that and justifying our, you know, between our ears is our biggest enemy as well as our biggest advocate potentially. But most of the time, it's the biggest enemy. It's like, ah, you don't have to. You're not training for anything. You don't have anything on the calendar. You know, you missed this event, or they're probably going to cancel it, or I don't want to do this, or I don't want to do that. So I think, you know, again, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a big play for anybody that's trying to change, make a change, is to have a calendar to write on. And, and maybe it's a nutrition change. Maybe it's a movement change. But I think that that calendar is really important for people to fill in the squares so they know what's up. Some people write a weight in the, you know, in the square. Uh, some people write a blood pressure in the square or a glucose in the square. I like going back every once in a while, years gone back. You know, I have all the calendars and I keep them in a drawer. And I can go back and look, you know, the second week of January or, or two weeks before an event. Where was I last year? What kind of pace was I keeping? Was I running? Was I doing any kind of interval training? Was I doing any strength work? You know, where am I compared to what I was doing last year? It's a good motivator because obviously none of us want to, you know, go downhill as we go at add chronological age. Um, and it's, but it's an also, uh, you know, it can be a, a really good feedback. It's like, Hey, you know, I'm ahead, I'm ahead of where I was last year, or I had this layoff, but I'm coming back. And when I had a layoff before, this is what happened and this is how I'm doing. So I think it's a really good thing to keep track of where you are and it, it, and it, um, you know, accountability, but also it lets you go back in time and compare to you. Not to somebody else, but to you. We can all look on Strava or something else and see what so-and-so was doing and maybe wish we were doing it or, or, or maybe it's you know below us or above us or whatever. But I think it's really important to compare it to you and use it to, your, and to, and use it to the best um, that you can as your own personal coaching tool. Um, and, you know, I think if you're somebody that gets disappointed, 
then maybe also put into context, if you were using that to coach somebody else, what would you do? How would you make them do better? Uh, How would you help them improve? Because I think we're a lot um, kinder to other people uh, and a lot more encouraging to other people. So if you're only going to beat yourself up because of those numbers or the, of the squares, then how would you help somebody else and apply that to yourself? And I, I think it can be a, a very helpful tool. So I'm back in again. So finally, I'm back in, I'm back in line. I uh, got my calendar, filled in my boxes, um, ready, ready to start amping things up. Um, again, I did five miles several times this week. I'll, you know, I'll bump that up um, five and a half to six and a half during the week next week. And then hopefully, you know, by the third week, I'm, I'm back up and we'll see how the long run goes. So try to do something a little longer tomorrow, but again, see how it goes. Uh, I'm not going to push it. I am going to train with a heart rate, uh, monitor. I like the chest straps. I think they're much more accurate. A few days that I just went out and it was really slow. I was like, ah, I'm not going to put the chest strap on, but the wrist, a rather small wrist and the thing bounces all over the place. So, you know, I don't want to see a abnormal high heart rate when I know it's not, and I don't want it on my data sheet that it's that it's high when it's really not. Um, so, there you have it. Um, we just I'm um, really excited to report on our first Zoom nutrition conference um, that was open to the public. Our Healthy New Year, Eddie Delaney Minerch and myself, uh, and and with the assistance of my nurse Don uh, Don Zuli McMaster, um, we put on this Wednesday. It was a great success. Um, I think um, people had a had a good time. We've had a lot of positive feedback. The way we did it, we had a live Zoom from 5 to 8, 5.30 to 8, and did a question and answer. Addie and I bounced back and forth, uh, each cooking a breakfast, each cooking a lunch, each cooking a dinner. And we talked about the nutritional value of the food and gave some tips and answered questions. Uh, and now that's going to be up for a week for the people that purchase tickets, and it'll be up for our, the members of our practice on our members-only website. Um Addie made teff pancakes uh, with a side of fruit. I did a tofu egg sandwich on homemade sourdough bread. Um, I did our sushi salad from the cookbook uh, for lunch. She did the Fiesta black bean soup um, from the cookbook um, for lunch. And then she did a golden Buddha bowl, which is one of my favorite uh, sauces that she makes um, that's not in the cookbook. And I did a simple dinner uh, with Swiss chard and white beans. And then I demonstrated how to do sweet potato fries or cottage fries with white potatoes with spices. And I usually soak um, or dip at least uh, the potatoes once they're chopped in, into some, uh, s- some soy milk and then season them. And then they turned out really good. So that was the menu for the the conference, and um, it worked out really good. We bounced back and forth, and um, the food turned out good, and so we had a really, really good time, and I think we'll be doing more of those. If you would like to uh, participate in one of those Zoom events and you have a particular topic you'd like to hear about, I'd be interested in hearing from it. We have um, ideas to do plant-based in pregnancy in the future. We're, we're going to do uh, running over 40 and plant-based nutrition. I see a lot of um, posts on a Facebook group that I'm involved in. You know, People can't quite figure out how to eat plant-based and run. A lot of people eat a, 
you know, a very processed diet when they're when they're running and thinking they're doing a lot of exercise. So we, we may do that as well. I'm also thinking about doing a sourdough bread um, demonstration Zoom video because I, I think that, you know, there's a little cardiovascular muscular endurance training when you're kneading sourdough bread. And again, when you make something from scratch, you, you put a little bit more calories into it. You put a little bit more thought into it. Because you've made it um, from scratch, you also, you know, you savor it and appreciate it better. You can control the ingredients. So I, I think that, that that's something we may do. But again, if you have an idea that you'd like to hear um, in a Zoom-type conference format with us and demonstration, I'd love to hear from you. Jamie at drdelaney.com, D-O-C-T-O-R, D-U-L-A-N-E-Y, and it's J-A-M-I, Jamie at drdelaney.com. So that would that would be um, great. So um, you know, with the COVID disease, you know, we have COVID nineteen, which is actually the disease of COVID, the loss of taste and smell and fatigue and uh, fevers and body aches and headaches. Those are the symptoms of. COVID nineteen, SARS CoV two is the actual virus. Um, that has been classified in, in genetically. And when we look at treatment for the COVID-19 symptoms, I am a pretty good believer now after we've had several people go through this vitamin C, vitamin D, zinc, and quercetin regimen, that there's, there's definitely something to it. Vitamin C is one of the most potent antioxidants that we cannot make that we need to take in. Um, we need to take in the bare um, daily minimum uh, to prevent things like scurvy. But if we want to actually use things like vitamin C and vitamin D and zinc as a potential medication, then we have to take in larger doses. And most of the studies looking at vitamin C, um, you know, they've looked at a couple grams a day, you know, 500 milligrams, just the basics. And and what I noticed I could take a lot without any kind of GI side effects. And basically, as my body was going through a lot of vitamin C, I was generating, I was doing a lot of oxidation with a fever and muscle aches and so forth. Um, so, you know, that's definitely why we need to push high, the, you know, vitamin C to the levels that, uh, you know, about as much as you can take in orally uh, to, get, to get some effect. The other the other thing is again the zinc. Um, certainly, with a plant-based diet, you get in you get in the um, recommended daily allowance of zinc, but you're not getting an extra amount. So when your body is in a sign of a state of stress, you're using extra. So that's why the extra dosages. Quercetin is another antioxidant that works in sync with vitamin C. And then we have vitamin D. And you know it's kind of funny. Uh, before COVID, I was like, oh, you can get all your you can get everything you need from your nutrition. And I certainly eat a very high diet in plants, fruits, and vegetables, and, and whole grain, and I'm outside and get plenty of sun. But uh, again, when stressed, and especially now that we're in the winter months, uh, vitamin D does a lot more than just, um, you know, help with calcium metabolism and bone bone metabolism. So I'm just going to go talk about a little bit about vitamin D. Um you know, the receptors, there, there's actually vitamin D receptors on our immune cells. And our immune cells are those B cells and T cells that you're hearing about on the news. B cells are uh, the white blood cell 
parts that make antibodies. Um, and T cell immunity is a different cellular immunity uh, that, you know, hormones are res- uh, excreted cytokines. And you've heard of the interleukins being uh, expressed through, um, you know, autoimmune disease or infection. So vitamin D actually modulates the immune response. Um, it also can um, be associated with an increased risk of autoimmune disease if, if the vitamin D levels are low or in risk of infection because, again, the modulation of these, um, these immune um, cells, the B and, and, and T cells. In the bone, um, most people know that uh, it, calcium is a, a big part of bone formation and, off, and we have cells in our, in our bones that are differentiate to make more bone, uh, osteoblasts, these particular cells, and they differentiate to, again, make, to lay down more bone. Uh, calcium is absorbed through the small intestine via vitamin D and basically when we take in vitamin D, uh, take in vitamin D3, it has to be converted um, in, 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 the, in the liver and then ultimately in the kidney. So we go to the liver to 25-hydroxy vitamin D and that's the one we actually measure uh, when you're getting a blood test. It's, it's one of the most stable ways to uh, stable forms to, to measure, and but that's an actually an inactive form. It has to be processed through the kidney or other cells to 125 hydroxy vitamin D to be active. And there are actually vitamin D receptors not only in the bone marrow and in the immune cells, but also in um, the colon, the breast, the brain, um, the bone marrow itself, as well as if you have cancer, there's also receptors. And some of these other tissues can actually convert to the 125-hydroxy, which is the active form of vitamin D. Now, this immune-stimulating effect of vitamin D is not a new thing. Um, Sunlight was actually used early on in the treatment of tuberculosis. So um, think um, sanatoriums, and they they had the sunrooms where they put people out to get vitamin D. Uh, which is a great help. They gave people high doses of cod liver oil, um, also, also containing um, vitamin D. There have been studies looking at people's vitamin D level and sick days. And again, it's a little bit difficult because these studies, it's, you know, is it chicken or the egg? When you're sick, do you deplete your vitamin D? Or when your vitamin D is depleted, do you become sick? Uh, there was a Finnish military study that uh, kind of looked at low vitamin D levels that they tended to have more sick days. Um, when people uh, had therapeutic doses of vitamin D, there was a 42% decrease in influenza in one study. When people have decreased um, vitamin D levels, it has been associated, observed in people with multiple sclerosis, rheumatoid arthritis, diabetes, irritable bowel syndrome, and lupus. There's also been uh, a few small studies looking at vitamin D in pregnancy. So low vitamin D levels was associated with um, an islet cell autoimmunity in the babies. Um, think uh, type 1 diabetes. So it's, it's really important in, in the regulation of our immune function, not just, you know, we think about bone health. The uh, B cells that make antibodies uh, proliferate, they differentiate, and they make antibiotic, ant- antibodies. 
And again, think about the COVID vaccine. So if you were to get the vaccine and you were depending on your body making antibodies, if your vitamin D level was low, you may not have the reactivity with the vaccine as someone that had normal vitamin D levels. Again, um, the Moderna vaccine looked at antibody response in older individuals and the older people were the less antibodies they actually produced to the spike protein when they were given the vaccine. Again, you know, it's very interesting. Nothing has been done to date about this, but if their vitamin D levels were low, that may uh, make it such that they did not produce the antibodies that they should. You know, why as we get older, our immune function decreases. We tend to be inside more, perhaps. People in nursing homes are inside more. They have vitamin, low vitamin D levels. Um, you know, they have less T cells. They have less white blood cells to start with. You know, so all of this can go hand in hand. So why not uh, just uh, add a little vitamin D into everybody to make this, uh, you know, to, to, to up the ante as far as make people respond better to the vaccine, make people better, uh, their immune system better, make their autoimmune risk lower. So I don't, I don't really see a problem with it. We know we want to keep uh, vitamin D levels, optimal levels, less than 100 Low levels are less than 18. You know, I'm thinking that, you know, I'm going to keep mine somewhere around 50 or above uh, just as a protection. There are no real good studies out there that say 75 is better than 25. Um, but, you know, I think that in, in this era of infections and especially wintertime influenzas as well as other viruses, it can't hurt uh, to, to, to push the levels a little bit. Vitamin D also, as we talked about, um, affects T-cell regulation, and it causes a decrease in the interleukin-7 and 21. You know, uh, anti-inflammatory interleukin-10 is increased. The inflammatory interleukins are decreased. Tumor necrosis factor is decreased. Think about cancer. Um, think about autoimmune disease. So I, I think that it's, uh, you know, again... Good reason to um, take some vitamin D. How much should you take? Again, check with your doctor. Check your levels if you haven't had a level checked. Um, but, you know, most people would benefit from at least 5,000 uh, international units a day. You might, um, people with, uh, with kidney disease may actually need more. Certainly, if you have an infection, I would bump that uh, up even more. Changing to a plant-based diet can be um, a little scary. And that's one of the reasons why we had the Healthy New Year Zoom to show people how you could do regular recipes that were pretty simple and make them plant-based and make them really, really healthy and up your game. A lot of people think that, you know, especially after the holidays, you know, that's why the gyms typically are, are you know, very busy is that you're going to just exercise and, and just get this off. We're going to fix the holiday weight gain and maybe fix the, you know, our new new year's resolution about losing weight and getting healthy. We're going to fix it in a short period of time. And then we can go back to life as it was before. I saw a commercial for a very, uh, I guess one of the probably most popular weight loss programs um, that, you know, brag that you can eat what you always ate and 
lose weight still. And of course, the gym memberships and different um, companies will say, you know, you can exercise your way into health and fitness. And the reality of it is, it's a combination, but it's very unlikely that you're going to meet your weight loss goals with exercise alone. Because most people that need to lose weight can only exercise so much, right? Uh, and, and it's probably only healthy to exercise so much. So if you're significantly overweight, to, to begin training for a marathon and, and think that you're going to up, you know, mileage to, you know, 50 miles a week or 20,000 steps a day, because that's what we're talking to start burning significant calories, is also a big setup for injury. Um, you know, starting, a, you know, that's, that's where the boot camps come in and the big programs, we're going to hit, you know, this great mileage that we pull out of the sky, which is a great goal. Ideally, that we're going to set these big exercise goals, but it also is a setup for disaster and that you can get hurt very quickly. And then now you're now you're back to the couch. Now you're depressed. Now you have nothing. You know, you're, you're, you know, that you've got more time on your hands, more time to get the refrigerator and everything goes goes awry. And even if you, you know, you hit those goals, you're still not going to burn enough calories to, to make all the weight go away. And when you're talking about signs of inflammation, um, autoimmune disease, diabetes, um, coronary artery disease, cardiovascular disease, high cholesterol, there's only so much that exercise is going to do. It's going to help develop collateral blood vessels. It's going to make the mitochondria in your muscles more abundant so that you use glucose or you use fuel more efficiently. It will train your heart to pump blood more efficiently. Your heart will put out more blood with each beat, but more than that, your body's able to use the nutrients more efficiently. Think, you know, you, you go from being a 1972 Cadillac to a you know, 2020 Camry that you use, or even a, you know, a Kia that you're using your fuel more efficiently, you get more miles to the gallon, so to speak. But it doesn't really clean out the pipes to the degree that changing your nutrition does. When you eat the greens, you generate nitric oxide, you dilate those collateral vessels really quickly. So that it helps you get more blood flow. And that's, that's very protective up front. The nitric oxide also helps decrease the plaque in those arteries so that you're actually cleaning out the garage, so to speak. I had a discussion with, you know, uh, several people this week that, you know, by the time you're in your, you know, greater than 40, you've started to accumulate and you have some lifestyle diseases. You've accumulated enough cellular waste that there's a problem. So minimal changes may stabilize the problem, but it doesn't necessarily reverse the problem. And it probably doesn't even stabilize it. It's just getting worse a little slower. So you got to do, you got to do something more with, with the, the nutrition aspect of things. And it has to be on a consistent basis. So, you know, I remember my father, when he was diagnosed with diabetes, he thought if he put sweet and low in the iced tea that that would help him lose weight. He wouldn't be drinking iced tea with sugar in it, which 
you know, he drank a glass of iced tea a day. So that might have been 25, 30 calories that he was cutting out, you know, despite having the ice cream calories and other calories that he that he really liked. That, that's not going to make a big dent in the problem. He finally had to realize that there, there had to be some big deletions. The big bowl of ice cream had to go, you know, the pieces of the pies had to go. And, and, and you know, they had to go for good. Little pieces I mean little, you know, you're you're not really taking out the trash, you're just taking out a piece of a, a piece of garbage from the garbage garbage bin, but you're not taking out the whole trash. So I think that when you're making some new year's goals, um new, you know, you're starting things off and you have some plans, don't fool yourself into thinking that you know, you're going to you're going to go out and walk 30 minutes three or four times a week and that's going to fix things. It's going to make things better. And I really want you to do it, and I want you to work up to it, but it's really not going to reverse things. You're going to have to make the the nutrition changes as well. And I think to, you know, again, just like exercise, I don't think it's um, a good idea to go for the marathon training before you've ever run. I don't think it's also probably a good idea to beat yourself up over being 100% sugar, oil, salt-free, plant-based from the get-go either. That said, I also hear people say quite often, I'm better than I used to be. So there has to be a balance between accepting I'm better than I used to be and perfection. And I, you know, I, I think Doug Lyle um, was speaking one time um, with me or to a group of people and he, and, he, and he kind of gave a, you know, a timeline. And if you looked at dietary perfection and exercise perfection as being on one end of the timeline and where you, and then look at where you are. If you're still sitting on the couch eating fast food, you're a, you're a long way away from perfection. So that you need to work your way up in steps. It's more of a marathon than it is a sprint. But you also need to hold yourself accountable because there is a time, there is a timeline. And so if you are sick, you don't have 10 years to accomplish this, but we're not also trying to accomplish it in 10 days. So again, the calendar is going to come in handy when you look at your, pro- pro- your progression your journaling, I think that that can be a great, uh, a great tool for that as well. That you, you know, you document what you are. So you say you're better than you are or than you were. Are you really? When you look back, we always remember the good things. We remember, oh, you know, we're so much better now than we were. But we forget a lot of, you know, we we block a lot of things out. But if you have a day-to-day journal or a calendar. You can actually look back and see, oh, wow, you know, there was a, um, uh, a Whopper, a Burger King Whopper there, you know, last year. This year it was a impossible Whopper. You know, is that that much better? Yeah, maybe, you know, 50 milligrams of cholesterol better. That's about all you get. You know, so in reality, was it that much better? Is that the goal you're trying to receive, to achieve? Again, changing from a Whopper, regular hamburger Whopper, to an impossible Whopper, probably still having the fries, 
is such a minuscule change that you're not going to make any benefit in your overall health. So you get up the bar a little bit. And then you're going to have to get to the point where there's some hard no's. Um, it's really easy, just like my exercise when I, you know, I talked about it before. Haven't, you know, haven't run for eight, nine days. Start not to miss it that much. I'm sure if I waited a little bit longer, I would start to miss it. But, you know, it's like the pressure was off to get that 60-mile week um, and, and get this 50 mile or training in. I, you know, started to dial it back and not, you know, it's like I got more time in the morning. I can do this. I can do that. I can do a little bit more reading because I'm not pressured to do that hour and a half versus hour type of thing. And so it's easy to back off. The same thing happens with nutrition. You know, you came in over the holidays, you start to get that taste for a few cookies. The fruit kind of takes a back door. Maybe some things aren't in season like they were. You didn't really have them. You did without. It's not so bad. Kind of let that fresh vegetable slide. You kind of let that's cold outside. I don't need that big salad. Don't like chewing that much anyway. We'll do a little bit more of this. You know, so you can you can get your taste buds that gut microbes play a role in too. You can get your taste buds to start saying, you know. I'll, you know, I'll just stick with this or this is okay for now. And the next thing you know, those big changes are, aren't, you know, the, hard to get back in. So um, use a calendar, document where you are, and realize, you know, when you're starting to fall into that trap of mediocrity, so to speak, or this is okay, I'm better than I was, but, you know, I'm not eating, you know, regular chocolate chip cookies i'm eating vegan chocolate chip cookies you know i'm not eating peanut butter i'm eating almond butter those are such little changes that they're not going to really reverse disease and again they're gonna maybe hold the hold the line of disease maybe it's just gonna you know get worse slower but it's not gonna really get you where you're going and and that's really really what we're after once once things have kicked in the CDC reported the first two weeks of January, there were 70,230 deaths in the age group of 65 to 74 attributable to COVID. There were also 71,472 deaths attributable to pneumonia, not influenza or COVID, meaning that infections kill a lot of people as we get older, just like lifestyle diseases heart disease, diabetes, and so forth. The best thing that you can do to protect yourself is to get yourself healthy. The biggest risk factor right now for infection is being overweight. You need to normalize your body mass index. Unfortunately, for us women, we tend to carry more visceral abdominal fat even at a normal BMI. So a normal body mass index at 24.9 is often associated with excessive body fat, abdominal visceral body fat, which is associated with inflammation. So, you know, head out of the sand, Realize that you have to change your nutrition as well as your exercise program. Make yourself accountable. Recruit a buddy if you can, but ultimately you're accountable to your own calendar. 
Make some hard no's. Some things are just out of bounds. And when you're taking the garbage out, take the whole pail out. Just don't take a baggie or two. So hope this gives you room for thought. And uh, again, if you'd like to become part of our team, go over to drdelaney.com and see how you can join up. We have online level one, level two, and full memberships available. If you have a question, you can email me at jamie at drdelaney.com. Love to hear your questions. Love to hear what you'd like to hear about in upcoming Zoom conferences. Like to connect with you even more. And I'll see you out there running. Um, Eat, plan strong. Move your body. Stay healthy. Talk to you next week.